Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What an absolute mess in the National Football League. Seriously. What an absolute mess. You have Brian Flores filing a lawsuit yesterday. Now you got Hugh Jackson coming out and saying that the Browns also, all right, paid him to tank when he was the coach of the Browns in 2016-2017. This is a, this a big issue here. I mean, th- th- there are two separate issues here, all right? There are two separate issues here. Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins has been accused by Brian Flores of incentivizing him $100,000 for every loss because they wanted to get the number one pick in the draft. All right. Now you got Hugh Jackson saying the same thing in Cleveland. Now this has a major domino effect because it goes right to the integrity of the NFL. How many billions of dollars are bet on National Football League games annually? Okay? It is a gigantic business. And now you've got two former coaches, Brian Flores and Hugh Jackson, that are saying that management wanted them to lose and was going to pay them in the form of of bonuses all right so now you have people going okay if it's if it is true and we don't know if it is true and it's happening in miami and cleveland where else is it happening which goes right to the integrity of the sport does it not unbelievable seriously this is just an absolute mess by the way a spokesperson for the Browns called the charge completely fabricated, fabricated, said it was uh, fabricated and said that any accusation that any member of our organization was incentivized to deliberately lose games is categorically false. You know, I don't know what's true and what's not true any more than you do. What I do know is, in my opinion, and I said this a year ago, and I've said this a couple of times on my podcast, and on my rants. The NFL needs new leadership. That's what the NFL needs. It's time for new leadership, which means a new commissioner. Yeah, Roger Goodell may be making a lot of money for the owners, and I understand that the owners pay him, but he's not good for the sport. Under his watch, in my opinion, the NFL has been a disaster. 
And by a disaster, I understand TV ratings. I understand money. But it's been awful. I mean, it really has. It's been awful under his watch. You know, the, the social issues, the political issues. I mean, now you have this. And again, I don't know if it's true. Just because somebody files a lawsuit and accuses a team of trying to tank doesn't mean it's true. We'll find out, though. I'm not saying that Brian Flores is lying. I'm just saying is, you know, we need to wait until all the facts come out. I say that on all of these cases. Wait until the facts come out. But this is a horrible look for the National Football League. I believe that this Super Bowl, a week from Sunday, will be one of the lowest-rated Super Bowls of all time. Number one, you don't have two sexy teams. And number two, I think these type of stories turn a lot of fans off. I think it turns a lot of fans off. So, you know, if you want to get in on this, it's open forum Wednesday. You can talk about this or anything else going on in sports or in life. Now, we know that Flores was fired on January 10th, three seasons with Miami, and he filed a 58-page lawsuit. There were text messages from Bill Belichick congratulating him in advance for getting a job with the Giants. But that was not supposed to go to Brian Flores. It was supposed to go to Brian Dayball, who the Giants did hire. It's just a mess. You know what? It's a mess. I don't know if you have read the uh, large complaint, all right? But there are some things in there that I don't like in the complaint that I think really they left a bad taste in my mouth. But this is, there's just no other way to say this. This is a really, really bad look for the National Football League. There's just no other way to say it. It's a bad look for the NFL. And it goes right to the integrity of the sport. Now, I'm talking about the tanking, which is different than systemic racism, which Flores and others have accused the NFL for, okay? This is different than that. There are two separate issues here. Both are very bad for the NFL. All right, we're going to start off with you, Jeff. Go ahead, Jeff. Hey, Grant. How are you? What's happening? First of all, your rant about the airplane was so friggin' funny. Thank you. I laughed, I laughed my ass off. And uh, it was better than late-night comedians that come out with <laughs> Thank you. your thing about putting your hands up like a touchdown. <laughs> so, I appreciate it. I laughed I laugh so hard, I'm telling you that. You had me in stitches. It, anyways, anyways uh, I, I sent you something about, looks like De'Aaron Fox's game-time decision again. And uh, talking about this tanking thing, I remember I brought that up last week, and you said, you couldn't see it in the NBA, but now all of a sudden it's coming out in the NFL. Well, I don't and, see it in uh, the NBA because if you have the worst record in the league, you only have a 25% chance of getting the number one pick. So it, the, right. the NFL and the NBA have a different system. That's why, to me, in the NBA, it doesn't make any sense. Right, right. But So 
again, uh, the, I don't subscribe to the B, and I don't know if you do or not, but I, I tried to Google, you know, Darren Fox injury, and I guess they had a story on the mysterious injury, but you have to have a subscription to read the, the article. Well, he talked today. I, he talked today. He addressed to the media at shoot-around today and, uh, you know, talked about the injury, and he said he heard it in the Detroit game and said that it affects him more when he's cutting laterally and that he has, you know, very often ankle issues. And you know, it didn't okay. really tell me anything that I didn't already know, to be honest with you. I, I, I don't think he looks super motivated. Excuse me. I don't think he appears super motivated to play. That's just my, that is just my observation. I may be wrong. That's just my observation. And does it surprise you Bagley's hurt again? <laughs> no, nothing surprises me with that team. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. I'm going right. to move on. You have a great day. Thank you very much. It's always good hearing from you. Let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here on Listen App, and I'll put you up on stage, and when I do, you hit that microphone icon on the bottom of your device, and you will be on. Ulysses, how are you today? How are you, Grant? Good. Thank you for calling. What can I do for you? Um, my issue was with systemic racism, but now that you've brung up the uh, the, I read that story earlier today about uh, the, the, the case, but my, my whole thing was with the Phil Musnick story and, and um, the Snoop Dogg. Yep. Yeah. So my take is you, you, you don't listen to hip hop, right? Uh, I don't listen to a lot of it. Very, very little. That's correct. Okay. So Snoop Dogg, those, those words you quoted, you, you know, are from a song that he wrote years ago. Yes, I am aware of that. Okay, so my thing is that if people don't understand about hip-hop, hip-hop is a genre, and it's a form and expression. It's art. You know, I even believe back in the day, Van Gogh, Mona Lisa was considered bad, you know, until he died and became one of the most famous paintings in the world. What Snoop Dogg, do you know much about Snoop Dogg and him as the person? Yeah, you know, I just, it's interesting you bring that up. I've read two Large, large stories, uh, when I mean large, I mean very lengthy about his childhood, about, yeah. you know, the relationship that he didn't have with his father, even though his yes. father said that we did have a relationship. Yes. You know, I, I've read about, you know, his troubles with the law, uh, many uh, which he claim are because he was stopped in a uh, driving due to the color of his skin. I've read about his arrest records. I mean, I have tried to do some research and educate myself, but it's based on what I have read. And I don't know if all of the accounts of the stories that I have read are true or not. I, I'm going to assume that they are. But yes, I I, right. I did read up on his background. I read up on you know his, his marriage, uh, his kids. Uh, yes, I have tried to do some research on him. And you do know about how many, how many people that he, how many young kids that he helped to get into the top-notch schools with his football program absolutely uh, and again there's not it, the, the point i was trying to make and, I, and i'm going to let you have as much time as you want on this because i'm really happy i'm really happy that you called up to discuss this okay. because when i read the story from phil mushnick i said i want to have further dialogue on this because i want to hear different points of view i think i don't know if you listened to my entire podcast but i have many many friends in South Florida, mm -hmm. uh, matter of fact, almost all of my friends here are black, and I've mm -hmm. had these conversations with them because mm -hmm. I want to get their perspective. Because I don't walk in your shoes, I don't mm -hmm. walk in their shoes, and I mm -hmm. want to get some further education on this, which I have received. 
I understand the genre of music and I understand it being an art form. I completely understand that. I guess the question that I have for you, if you don't mind me asking, mm -hmm. is at what point do you draw the line? Because there are young, impressionable people. And when I mean young, I'm talking about teenagers, adolescents, young adults that do indeed take a lot of these songs to heart. And I'm not saying that they act upon what they hear in the songs, but the question I would have for you and others and maybe experts is what impact, what effect do lyrics in hip hop and rap music have on our youth in America? Okay, so yeah, most of your friends, I, I mean, I don't know too much background about them, but one of the main uh, uh, phrases in hip hop today is getting it out the mud. And that phrase is, is re reference to coming from nothing. See, Snoop came from nothing, you know, and he and, and he's really from the streets. You know, Snoop's last case was 1993. And when Snoop was, was acquitted on that case in 1993, he completely did a 180 and he turned his life around. And that's the impression that a lot of people don't get about Snoop Dogg. Because I would have never seen Snoop Dogg on the show with Martha Stewart. I don't think nobody ever saw that. That's coming. right. Snoop, That's a good Snoop, point. Dog, Snoop Dogg is a icon in the industry. They call him Uncle Snoop because he, he, he went through a lot of emotions to get to where he got. And just because his lyrics makes him money, that's great. And hip-hop is changing the gap. The wealth gap is changing and a lot going to hip-hop. You know, and, and I applaud all these young artists. You know, Nipsey Hussle, one of his best friends, you know, tragedy that he died. But he was one of the first ones that he didn't want jewelry. He didn't want fancy clothes. All he wanted was property, real estate. He wanted to better and do better for his people. And then he was tragically killed, you know, in the same hood that he grew up from. So, you know, Snoop Dogg, for just being here in places like me, you know, because the country, what the country doesn't have, you know, is a sense of the system is broken, Grant. And I'm going to give you a perfect example. And this sure. source that I'm going to give you is very personal to me, so I'm not going to disclose her name. But I know a 30-year-old woman, you know, and she graduated. She's from the, the Sacramento uh, area. She mm -hmm. graduated from Lincoln High School with a 3.84 GPA. Um, she applied to all the fancy schools in, in, in California and, and everywhere, and, and, and nobody accepted her. So she ended up going to a school, University of UC Merced. She graduated in three years. She walked, in, she walked the stage in three years, and she went back for a half a semester to get her BA degree in psychology. Now, mind you, she did all that at the state level, no cost. So she took a loan out on her senior, in her, her last year in, in, in the university so she can buy a decent car so she can drive to uh, the Bay Area every day because she got into a doctorate program uh, in the Bay Area in Concord. So that same little girl never gave up, even though she was against all odds. Do you know, she got that doctorate degree. She never stopped going to school. She wrote a very, very powerful thesis on um, racism and police violence, and it's all public record, mm -hmm. you know. And that same little girl that had a $4,500 debt when she left college, has a quarter of a million dollar debt with a doctorate degree. And that's not even worse because mind you, she had to travel all the way to Texas to do her internship because nobody around here would help her. 
that's the the first place that called her back where she could do her internship. Then she came back here to a very prominent hospital in the Sacramento area, Roseville area, to do her externship, her postdoc. Mm-hmm. And everybody on her team pretty much got a job as a physician assistant right after right after postdoc except her. And this is the middle of the pandemic now. So now in the middle of the pandemic, she's got a doctorate in psychology. She, 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 uh, she didn't get hired by this prominent hospital in Roseville, which I'm pretty sure everybody knows what I'm talking about. And they overlooked her because she wasn't boisterous. She didn't have that, ugh, but she's a hard worker and she's determined. But you know what? She persevered through her pain and she never gave up. She never gave up. She's got a quarter million dollar uh, debt and now all she has left is unemployment in the middle of a pandemic. Mm. But the thing is, she persevered. She kept doing it. And that same hospital that denied her a physician assistant job realized they made a mistake and she got a doctorate. She got a doctorate wow. job. She's a full doctor. That's awesome. You know, for that same hospital. Now, mind you, this little girl, I, ta- I taught her from day one. That's awesome. To do, to do right. To do right. To get a job. Focus on a career. Get a house. Get a husband. Then a child. And and she got she got married, she got married December sixth. She had her first baby December fifteenth, and her thirtieth birthday. Uh, Jan, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Jan, I'm sorry, I'm a little nervous. Right? That's okay, this, don't be know, nervous. It's just know, me. Um, yeah, it's just you. And you know, so she, I'm sorry, but January fifth, right? January sixth, she got married. January fifteenth, she had her first baby boy, and January twenty fifth was her thirtieth birthday. You know, and that same little girl, like I said, she's very dear to my heart. That's awesome. And you know what? That's my daughter. um, You know what? Congratulations. I'm very, very pleased that you shared that story because there are so many great stories that that we don't hear enough about. Not to pat myself on the back, but I spent 20 years Mm -hmm. with a foundation called the Future Foundation of Sacramento. Mm -hmm. And my foundation that I started with another gentleman in the early 2000s was an educational foundation and we raised money and I did it through my annual golf tournament Mm -hmm. to send at need underprivileged students in the Sacramento area to college and we mentored Mm -hmm. them beginning Mm -hmm. in 10th grade and Mm -hmm. we mentored them all the way through college and we provided college education for them and we took students that had to have a certain uh, economic threshold in other words they had to be below a certain economic uh, uh, figure among other things and we would get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of applicants from all of the schools that we were working with in the greater Sacramento area. And then we would interview these students. And then the toughest part was to go from, let's say, 50 students down to, you know, 25 students down to 16. And then we would bring in the finalists for interviews. And I will tell you that many of our students were in households where they were being raised by either one parent or no parents, by an aunt or an uncle, by an Mm -hmm. older sibling. And these were students that were unbelievably gifted and Mm -hmm. all they really needed was an olive branch to hold on to and we we provided that. And most of our students were minorities. We sent Mm -hmm. over 100 students to college, many of whom were either black, Asian, Hispanic, very mm-hmm. actually the, the 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 minority in my foundation were actually you know white people but mm-hmm. the stories that i would hear from mm-hmm. our students and i mean this and i'm not saying this mm-hmm. to, to make it sound i don't right. have to anymore no, I, I would, would, would literally i'm not exaggerating the people on our board the people that we that that we had that mentored our students we would listen to these stories ulysses and we would literally tear up 
Some of these stories that we heard from some of our students when they were going through the interview process to be in our foundation literally brought tears to our eyes. And then when you see them get through high school and you see them graduate, it's there's there's not a greater greater feeling in the world. And we we had a student a couple of years ago who was the valedictorian at Grant High School. And wow. she graduated from Grant High School with the mm -hmm. highest honors, the highest grade point. She was the best student to ever come out of there. And she talked mm -hmm. at my golf tournament before she went to Stanford. Okay. Mm -hmm. She ended up going to Stanford and she talked at our golf tournament. She talked about when she was between her ninth and 10th grade, she was lost. She had no direction. She was looking for, and she found about the future foundation. She told this story, but we didn't do it. She did it. She did all the hard work. We just put our hand out and said, hold on to us. She's the one that did the work. When you hear stories like this, when you hear of a young lady who at nine in ninth grade was lost and had no direction and then four years later ends up graduating as the greatest student to ever come out of mm -hmm. grand high school and now is at stanford to me there there are no there are no greater stories like that and when i hear a story like yours it resonates with me because there are so many people out there that all they need is just an opportunity they just need an opportunity and not to like go off on a tangent here, but it's what we're hearing in the NFL with a lot of coaches who are minorities that feel like they don't get an opportunity. They just want an opportunity. They want an opportunity mm -hmm. to show that they can coach just like Bill Belichick or like Andy Reid or anybody else. And when you look at the disparity in coaches in the National Football League and the history of the league out of the 32 teams now, and you see the very few minority coaches on the sideline, there's got to be a problem. It's not just like, well, it can't be. No, there has to be an issue. There has to be something that is wrong. I'm not saying that 16 teams need to have black coaches. I'm not saying that. But when you see only one or two in a league of 32, there's something wrong with that. You can't ignore that. No, there is. It is it's really something wrong with that. You know, and, and, and until until the wealth gap changes and until they're see right now, the minorities don't have the capital to buy their own teams or start their own leagues or do or do what's Correct. right. You know, so there's no there's no capital. There's no there's no chance right now. And I believe Roger Goodell is doing a great thing by putting Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, uh, uh, Kendrick Lamar, and Mary J. Blige on the biggest stage in the world because this is just going to bring more prosperity to the hip hop nation, and it's going to keep getting things better and better. But Snoop Dogg, on the reverse side, he's a great He's he's a motivation okay. for me. Let me ask you a question because mm -hmm. I want to read I want to read the lyrics mm -hmm. from one yeah, song yeah. that Phil Mushnick wrote because I I think that mm -hmm. uh, it would be educational mm -hmm. for all of us listening to get an opinion from you. Okay. Okay. This was Snoop and J Five Slap entitled Police. Here here's uh -huh. some of the lyrics. All you ends out there, take your guns that you using to shoot each other and start shooting these bitch ass mother effing police. That will impress. A mother effing n word like me. Mm -hmm. What do you think of those lyrics? Okay, I think of the same lyrics when I when I think of George Floyd, because there is some there are some bad people on the police force, and we all know that because Derek Chauvin was convicted. You know, he murdered a man on national TV and didn't feel no remorse behind it the time he was doing it. And not only did the people working with him uh, did nothing to stop him, they did everything to to stop anybody that wanted to help him. You know, um, so and I, and and I agree. And let me and, and, let, and let me ask you this. Let me ask you real quickly. Okay. Have you met one person since George Floyd was murdered in front of all of our eyes? Have you even met one individual 
that feels that that was justifiable. Because I got to tell you, I have yet to meet one person or talk to one person that thinks that was anything other than heinous and cold-blooded murder. I haven't met anyone, black, white, Asian, Hispanic. Everyone saw that, and I think everyone had the same conclusion, that George Floyd was murdered on the street. No, and, and no, no, don't. And the only reason why nobody thought that because we saw it with our own two eyes. Correct, yes. We don't know how many other people that died in a report, and this is what was close call said, Sandra Blanche. You know, yeah, no, uh, I, I don't kid, dispute the that. The young kid I, from Sacramento, I can't think of his name, Stefan. Uh, Stefan Clark. Well, Clark. you know so, what, Stefan? So, yeah, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Now, wait a minute. Now, 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 I will, I will, I will object to you on this. The mm-hmm. autopsy report, the drug, the uh, the uh, the uh, the report on Stefan Clark. I'm not. I don't agree with you on that. I mean, based on the report that came out, based on the autopsy, based on the. Uh, the amount of drugs they had in his body and everything else. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I wasn't there. You weren't there, but I, I'm not, I'm not as sure on that. George Floyd was flat out murdered in front of everyone's eyes. And you're right. The fact that it was on video made it very easy for all of us. And I think I can be safe to say all of us. I still haven't met anyone that thinks that was anything other than cold blooded murder. You're right. Because we saw it. I believe that, you know, we all had the same reaction. We didn't mm-hmm. see the, well, we saw a, you know, body cam the, the, uh, on police with Stephon Clark. But again, that that the, the two cases to me are not similar. That's just my opinion. No, they're not. They're not similar because you know, like I said, but the even amount of drugs doesn't you know deserve a person to die because no. they're on drugs. No, it doesn't. You know? No, 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 it does not. And, I, and that's just one. That's just one flaw in that person. But there, people deserve second chance, especially with this this world of drugs and this despair and, and craziness that we do live in. You know. Um, so no, I, I I don't think the cases are similar. I think the cases are unique in each one. You know, each one yes. is unique. And I think you um, bring up a great point. They are unique, and I think we have to be very careful mm-hmm. about putting them all in one jar because every case is unique. Every case mm-hmm. is different, and we can't mm-hmm. paint it all with a broad brush. I totally agree with you on that. Right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We can't. And and, and so, yeah, but those lyrics that I just read to you Mm -hmm. as it relates to the police again Mm -hmm. and start shooting these bitch ass M effing police that Mm -hmm. will impress a mother effing and like me. You don't Mm -hmm. have a problem with those lyrics. Is that what you're telling me? No, I don't have a problem with those lyrics, Greg, okay. because, because it's, it's a form of art and it's a form of expression. It, it, it's it's the pain that he felt. I'm quite sure Snoop was uh, attacked by police at some time. I'm not sure about that, mm-hmm. but I'm quite sure that the stuff that he's seen, that stuff that he's seen with his own two eyes, being pulled over because he was black, being mistreated. Um, there was a documentary, the NWA documentary, where NWA was outside a prominent studio in a prominent white neighborhood, and they was just outside. And they was forced face down. This is Dr. Dre, uh, Easy E, Ice Cube, DJ Yella, uh, and and after they were went through that traumatic experience by these cops, they went and uh, uh, wrote the song "F the Police." 
which was very controversial. Right. That's correct. You know, in uh, and I read that. that I read that. I talked about that on my podcast. But go ahead. They wrote that song because of the way they were treated, and that's just how they feel inside. Because if, like you said, I don't. An average white American gets pulled over by the cops. They they have no fear. They like yes, Hey, I'm listen. I I've said this on my podcast. Okay, I'm 62 years old. Okay, I grew mm -hmm. up in the 60s and the mm -hmm. 70s. Not once. Mm -hmm. Did my father or mother, when I started to get my learner's permit and drive, not once, not once did I ever have a conversation with my father about what to do if I get pulled over. It never came up. Every single one of my black friends in Miami, and there are plenty, I've asked them all the same questions. We've all talked about this. We talk about everything. It's it's been unbelievable. Right. We talk no, about I, all I, of I these issues. Do you know that do you know that every do you know that every single one of my friends of color here in South Florida that I've talked to about that said mm -hmm. they all had that conversation with either their mom or their dad. They were all told what to do when they were mm -hmm. pulled over. I never had that conversation. You know why? Mm -hmm. Because I didn't have to have that conversation because I was white. And so there is well, a lot of truth to that. Yes, you're right. There is. You know, and, and so like I was saying, you know, so no, I don't have a problem with the lyrics because it is a form of art. And do you know who funds the hip hop industry the most? I don't. Average white kids. Hmm is the number one buyer of, of hip-hop average white average white kids are the number one subscribers to hip-hop and that's why it's a problem you know with phil musnick and, and other things because see the people like me that really got it out the mud we know where 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 we would have been and should have been and we're and, and well, Snoop is an icon to us because he he came above he came above that I respect I, a lot of great things. I respect what you're saying, and I'm listening to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I am a of of different ethnicity than you, and I have a different background than you. Mm -hmm. Personally, Grant Napier, I have a real problem with those lyrics. Okay, yeah. I I personally have a real problem with those lyrics. I don't mm -hmm. believe that that is productive for society. Those particular mm -hmm. lyrics. I don't believe that when you say and start shooting these bitch ass mother effing police from an icon like Snoop Dogg. Personally, I don't believe that's productive for our society. Now you can call it art, you can call it whatever you want. And again, we have a different of opinion, but I'm not mm -hmm. saying you're wrong. All I'm saying is I don't agree with you on that particular no, lyric. No. I, I agree to disagree with you because like I said, for me that brings that brings motivation. That brings, you know, I need to work a little harder, you know, so I don't have to live like that, you know. And and, 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 and it's sad because there's a lot of young kids, like you said, they just need an olive branch. And them olive branches aren't there, you know. So I really Correct. applaud the work that you, you do in the community. And, 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 and the next thing is, you know, I, I do the, truly believe that you're not racist. I truly believe you're a good person. I truly believe, you know, I even heard the story how you said you're former employer, you know, they wanted you to be sarcastic. They wanted you to be mean. They wanted you to hang up on people. That's how they promoted they made, me. Yeah, that's because they made money off of that. That's correct. You know, and uh, I always respected your opinion, Grant, because, you know, um, you always told it how it is. You didn't, I don't think you, you can't see nobody through the radio, so you don't know who was calling it was black, <laughs> white, true. or green. Or, that's very true. You can't see what they look like. If they had an idiotic uh, take, you, you told them. Yes. You know, and I always, I always uh, admired you about that, you know. Hey, I, I tell you this, you know, we all know, like, like anyone can say whatever they want about me. But at the end of the day, just like you, I could say something about you and maybe maybe it would hurt you. Maybe it wouldn't. But the point is, you know, the truth. And so no matter what I say to you, even though I don't know you, but my point is, if let's say I knew you or you were a public figure and I made uh -huh. remarks about you 
and you knew that they weren't true, it really wouldn't bother you because you know the truth. I know the truth. I know inside my body who I am. I know how I was raised. I know what I believe in. And so when I hear certain things about me, it really doesn't bother me because I know the truth. I don't have any problem going to sleep to, at night and putting my head on the pillow. The problem I do have is the fact that you and I, you and I, you called my show and you've been on with me for 20 minutes and we're talking about important issues. And when we hang, when you hang up with me, I'm going to say, you know what? I am really glad that you called. Now, I may not agree with everything you said. I just told you I don't agree with the lyrics that I just read by Snoop Dogg, but I respect right. your opinion and I'm happy that we have this dialogue. In this country right now, we don't have enough constructive dialogue without hatred, without venom, without being pissed off at one another. Why do we have to be upset because we have different opinions? You can listen to me, I can listen to you. Maybe I'll learn something from you, maybe you'll learn something from me, and at the end of the conversation, we're better off for it. And unfortunately, that doesn't happen enough in this country right now. No, it's a lost art. It's a form of debate that just went away. You know, it's just it's just a lot. It's just a lost art. You know, people have to be with the age of social media and all the thing. Everybody wants to get ahead, cancel yep. culture. You know, and some and like my thing. You know, with regarding your tweet, all lives matter, every single one. There's nothing wrong with that tweet. You know, the only thing that I had an issue with was the timing mm -hmm. and the all caps. See, all caps for all minorities is a form of yelling. You know that we when we text all caps. We're yelling at you. You know, we're not talking to you. We're yelling at you. See, for me. So that's what all caps means to me. Okay, so all caps to me means that's the part of my sentence that I'm emphasizing. That That's what it means to me. It doesn't mean I'm yelling. It means that I'm mm -hmm. emphasizing. That means that of everything that I wrote, the most important part of that those six words were every single one. Every single one means you. It means me. It means Jeff who called earlier. It means everyone because that's how I was raised. My dad raised my brother and I like that. My bro my dad, as I've been very open about this, was a civil rights mm -hmm. activist. My dad put us in the Unitarian Church. The very first principle of seven principles of the church is the mm -hmm. inherent worth and dignity of every person. Mm -hmm. That's the first principle of the religion that I grew up with. So that's what I know. That's how I was raised. I share this story and I don't mind. Mm -hmm. I don't mind now that you bring that up. Uh, in When I was growing up, uh, we were about eight or nine years old. And my friend was over my house watching yeah, a baseball I'm game. With the story. Yeah. Or you heard the story, so I won't repeat mm -hmm. it then. But but mm -hmm. but when when Chris called my radio show when I had him on in 1995, the first time I had him on when I started doing my show, he call he calls up and goes, "Gwen, how's your dad?" I said, "Hey, my dad's doing great." And on the radio on my show, he said, "You remember that day we were over at your house watching that game?" I said, "I sure do." And he goes, "You remember when your dad?" took me to another room because I said a word that I shouldn't have said. I said, I sure do. He goes, I've never told you this. He goes, but your dad changed my life that day. And like, like, and I will tell you like of everything that my dad's ever done and all the great work that he did, you know, bless his heart for my friend at age eight or nine to have his life changed because my father took him to another room and educated him on why he shouldn't say that word and then right. decades later have Chris mm -hmm. call up my show and mm -hmm. tell me that there's nothing greater that anybody could have ever said about my dad than what Chris did when he called my show that day. 
And see, and, and I listened to another guy that's very, very inspirational on this topic called Charlemagne the God, and, and he calls that GWP. There's a lot of good white people out there, mm-hmm. you know, that the voices need to be heard because, you know, uh, I, 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 no white person has owned a slave. No white person and that's alive today had anything to do with the way our country was raised. And I know I heard you say several times that we live in the greatest country in the world, which I do believe. This is the greatest mm-hmm. country in the world. There's opportunities all over the land. Mm-hmm. But just because it's the greatest country in the world doesn't mean it's fair. Oh, I don't. I I, I totally agree with you there. It's not fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know of a country on the planet that's fair, to be honest with you. But this country no. sure isn't fair. You're no. absolutely correct. And there's a mm-hmm. listen. We have so many issues in this mm-hmm. country. But I I and maybe I'm being naive here. I think a lot of our problems in this country is due to lack of communication. And I think social media has had a huge mm-hmm. negative impact on our society. I think I think social media has been awful for our society. Precisely. And it's contempt prior to investigation. People just jump to a conclusion without any investigation, just like you just started with this piece today. Let's wait for all the material to come out. But no, people get one word and they run with it. I mean, mm-hmm. we, that's that's a, that's what cancel culture is. Is this? I want to be the first one to report on this story, because if I'm first, I'm going to make the most money, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what most media outlets are. You know, they want to be first rather than you know, come out and, and be truthful. Even with the Tom Brady situation, one of the greatest white people that I know, Sure. you know, he did not want to deter from the NFC championship game, the game, the, the games, because he knows what at stake for everybody. Yep. And he didn't want to deter from that by talking about his retirement. And they still yep. jumped on the story and, and yep. said it out of, out of no respect for Tom Brady. One of the, I think one of the best players ever. I mean, I wish my San Francisco 49ers would have drafted him. But anyway, <laughs> right. work, and, and you know the crazy part about it? You know, Mike McCarthy was the uh, offensive coordinator when they chose Alex Smith over Aaron Rodgers. Right. I don't know if you remember that. That's yeah. unbelievable. No, yeah. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and, and that fool came full circle. So you know, I wish Aaron – I know it's not going to happen, but I wish Aaron Rodgers was signed with the 49ers yep. for two years, signing Trey for Garoppolo. Hey, you let know? me ask you while I have you – like Peyton Manning. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, while, while I have you here, I would love to get your perspective on this. And if you don't want to mm-hmm. answer the question, just say I'm not yeah. – what, what do you what do you think about the Whoopi Goldberg situation and being suspended by ABC for two weeks? Do you think that's just? Do you think that's fair? Do you think that's appropriate? I'm not 100% informed about Whoopi Goldberg. My life is totally in sports and my kids. And, and, and I, oh, okay, I no problem. I work 12 hours a day. I work oh, no 12 problem. hours a day, and I and I and no I problem. my master's program. But so yeah, wow. I'm not aware of that. Yeah, you know, I I had to drive a truck in, you know, go to school part time to get my master's degree. Wow, what do you have your What do you have your master's in? Industrial Industrial Organizational Psychology. Wow. So yeah. you know what? And I did all that working 60 hours a week. You know what? That is so awesome. That's incredible to me. How long did it take for you to get your master's? Uh, I started in 2018, and I got it March of 2021. Congratulations. That is freaking awesome. And you were working Thank 60 you. hours a week. You know what? 60 That's hours. A, and, I was working, and I was doing gig work on the weekends. Good so for I was you. working probably maybe 70, 80 hours a week total. You know what? Good for you, man. You know what? You're mm-hmm. an inspiration to others. And mm-hmm. I will tell you this. I, I'm... Mm-hmm thrilled to death that you called today it was a great mm-hmm. conversation please call mm-hmm. back again would you okay i will thank you all right great stuff right there that's phenomenal see that's what we need in this country we need dialogue we need to have a conversation just the way i had 
with Ulysses. And I do not agree with him on those lyrics by Snoop Dogg. I don't see any redeeming value in that. I don't see how that makes our society better. I think it makes our society a little more dangerous. And again, but he disagrees with me. But I respect where he's coming from and his viewpoint. But I just found that to be a phenomenal conversation. I'm really happy that Ulysses called. I'm really, really happy that we had that conversation. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Forrest, you're next. Hello, Forrest. Oh, good afternoon, Grant. I, I, I kind of wish the Listen app would let you have more than one person on stage because I'd love to talk with you, Ulysses, uh, back and forth. And, you know, I, I tell my uh, kids all the time that, you know, when these issues come up, like, uh, you know, with George Floyd and, and what to the Ulysses brought up yeah. and things. I think it's I a bought, great dialogue so, to yes, open it up. Just so you know, I believe I can have more than one person on stage, and that was my fault for not putting you up. But I could put – I could put – I can put more than one person on stage. He um, he he mentioned about that woman, and I'm not sure exactly what, what the um, – where he – the point that he was driving at, but as I was listening to it, I've kind of wondered and, and thought of my own self and, and of you being a broadcaster my whole life. I, I worked in high school as a, um, at a radio station. And by, before I got out of high school, I was a full-time broadcaster. And, you know, the last 10, 12 years, broadcasting has gone. The, the jobs are gone. You know, they've all gone to Sirius XM and, and all of uh, the radio stations that I've worked in in the past are all automated now and different things. And that's technology changing he was saying, you know, painted that woman kind of, she did all these things and then she doesn't have a job. Well, you know, part of that is her responsibility too, is that you, you know, you're getting this education, but you've got to make it, it's your job to make it accessible and to make a job that people need, you know, that America needs. And because that she doesn't have a job now, I don't, I'm not sure what he was going with that down that road, but I could see that, you know, radio was changing as you, as you have. And now we have this app where you don't even need to go and get an FCC license like we used to have to. Um, you got to be able to pivot and, and make something viable. But I took some notes down in the art and expression. I am so tired of that being the bailout for lyrics. You've got a Snoop Dogg has got to be held accountable as with all of the rap people got to be held accountable. They are Media, there he, you know, Snoop Dogg's going to take his one million dollars from Corona beer because he influences people, and that's why they hire him because he influences people. And you don't think those lyrics you get in trouble because you did a text or tweet in all caps, yep, and yet he's not held responsible for using that filthy language. That language, he's the the rap community has been using that for twenty Forrest, years. Forrest, I got Ulysses yeah, Forrest, on with you. But, but Ulysses, Forrest, but Forrest, go ahead. But but the country music has just bad, just as bad as songs. The heavy metal no. has just as bad as songs. Yes, they do. I've I've listened to the lyrics. I've listened to uh uh, uh country uh, artists. Uh, I used to. I grew up in the South Side of San Jose. Yes, I listen. I grew up in the South Side of San Jose, and I and I listened to rock as a kid. And they have. 
the same type of lyrics. There's no difference. And that, and, that, and that child, that woman that I painted the picture, and that's why I said that the, the theme of my, my rant well, thing was her perseverance through pain. She does have a job. She got hired yeah. by the same company that went and hired out of, out of externship for a lower salary. They had to end up paying her a higher salary. So, no, she, she did way better by persevering through her pain. And you, you're right. She has to create her own, her own identity. And she's done that. Now she's going to work with systemic racism and she's going to work with helping people. Because, you know, what I'm saying, this little girl is going to give back. This little girl is something special. Do you, you, know? do you, and, think, and, she, do you think she condones those lyrics and saying those no, same lyrics no, that they've been doing for even, 20 years? She doesn't, even, she doesn't even listen to rap music. No. Right, she because she sees the... the she sees the uh, the detriment that it does to to the young kids. I don't think I don't I don't I don't think it's a detriment. You know, I think it's a detriment because uh, average white kids are the number one supporter of hip hop. I think that's why people think it's a detriment. No, it's not a detriment because look how many kids after Snoop Dogg. Have, well, regardless have, of who, have, regardless of the color, whoever mm -hmm. listens to it thinks that's mm -hmm. the solution. And no, that's well, not the solution. I mean, okay, well, there's, there's heavy metal. They talk about mosh pits and jumping into people and, and raising and, and killing people in crowds. Well, and just, come on, you Ulysses. Yes. Actually, you never condoning somebody to kill somebody with a gun is not the same thing as jumping into a mosh pit. In, in, in a make-believe world, that hip-hop is meta. It's not real. It's an expression of art. Yeah, it's you could say meta. It's meta. Have an impact. Yes. You don't think so? Do I think what? I didn't hear you. I mean, that was fine 20 years ago, but now we have the data to show that these things are not cool. And that, you know, like you said with uh, you know, Snoop Dogg being on uh, Martha Stewart, what he should have done when he gets on Martha Stewart is to say, hey, Martha, I've got to, I'm going to, I'm going to come full disclosure. We were in the green room meeting with producers and everybody, and we set this up, and they said, you cannot be coming on here and acting a, a certain way. You've got to do this way. In the boardrooms and the meeting rooms that he has, the Snoop Dogg has, mm -hmm. he is not talking like he is on his albums. He's not coming in there because, and doing because, that. Because, 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 like I said, the, the, the music is art. Him being on the interview and him 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 doing the interview and him uh, on public TV and him expressing his own self because nobody talks about that he's been married to the same woman for over twenty years. No one talks about that he's that his woman is, his his wife is the manager of his career. Nobody talks about that's that because he doesn't talent. talk about it. Because he because you know what you know what if you gotta talk about it you probably got ulterior motives for doing it. Snoop Dogg well, does he, what he does out of the kindness of his heart. He. I'm gonna bring this guy up, and he, he should say deserve. that. He should he say, got, "I'm not a gangster he got, anymore." He got, he's not. He's been said that, and nobody listens. When when he said he wasn't a gangster, they didn't want to buy his music. The record labels wanted to cut him off. He he got into it with Suge Knight well, because he wanted to change. He changed. He changed. He changed his life. When he signed with Master P, Snoop Dogg changed his total life and outlook. He he was signed with Death Row with Suge Knight. He was going down a path that he seen destruction, and when that destruction seen, he changed. He didn't. He he don't go out publicly telling everybody what he did. Do you know he got Henry Ruggs in, in, into Alabama? I'm gonna bring him up, and even though he might not be a good example, because I I tell you what, you can only lead the the person to the water. You can't make him drink it. Oh, exactly, exactly. So you say he's changed. Well, 
okay, you put on his music today and the music when he started, are they different or are they the same? If you, yes, if you, if you really listen to Uncle Snoop, yes. He put out a gospel album. Have you, have you listened to that? Snoop Dogg put out a full gospel album. He just, he just, he just put out an album called Algorithm with Def, with Def Jam. He just put that out. And it's very inspirational. It's talking about anxiety. It's talking about mental health. You got, that's what I'm saying. You can't go 20, because Snoop Dogg 20 years ago isn't the same Snoop Dogg he is today. And I guarantee that without a shadow of a doubt. Listen to his music today. Listen to algorithms. Listen to his gospel album. Snoop Dogg is an icon because he's done it for over <laughs> well, 20 years. He's going to dabble. He's going to make money wherever he can, just like anybody else. If he can make money yeah, on a gospel and album, nobody's going to buy that be, because they said. You think, you think Jeff Diesel's going to stop making money tomorrow? No, no, no I'm not telling you. The world. I'm just saying, though. I mean, he's going to make money regardless. But, you know, it, it is sad to say that death. And, and, and murder and all these things sell because it shouldn't sell, but it does sell. And that's the thing about right. Grant always talking about this country. This country is, 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 is driven on hate and, and driven on, on, on making money and driven on evil things, you know, but, it, but the only person that can change is the person in the mirror. I can't change nobody but me. I changed my life to better me for the betterment of my kids. Like I said, that same little girl that I'm talking about does have a great job now for the same company yeah. that didn't offer her a job at of at externship. And her little sister is even, even higher on the branch. She's in UCLA. She, she's got, she got the $25,000 full locker scholarship. You know, and you don't talk to your, you don't got, talk to your kids I like talk that. To my do you? Kids. No, I don't. I don't. Cause I don't yeah. preach hate and death. I don't preach those things, but I've been around those things. My first case when I was a kid was murder and I came above that. And I have a master's degree today because I did not give up, but I could have been written off when I was 14 years old and, and, and never heard of again. But that, that's what that's what my point I is, Ulysses, is that yeah, you rose above I persevered. it. I rose above it. I persevered. And, you know, and, and, and the thing about it is to get these kids attention. Snoop is getting these kids attention with those lyrics. He's not telling them to go do that stuff. He's well, never that's the point. Saying, go do that. That's the point, Ulysses. He got their attention a long time ago. Now the, his, to get their attention, he should tell them this is what it takes to be a corporate mogul like I do. When you go into a boardroom and you're talking about my new album and how we're going to market it and how I'm going to do it with all my agents and things, I don't act like this. And you shouldn't and act like that either. When you go in public and, and you're in... Are you familiar with Master P? He, he, wrote, a, he wrote a very controversial album, but do you, do, do you know who Master P is? Yes, yes. Master P has his own brand. Master P is making a world of difference. His, his son is, is in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, went to an HBCU. Master P... It, it was a college-educated kid that used the street life game and rap to bring himself to a better person, and he's teaching his kid to be better men than him. You know, Master P is another icon. Master P is the one that took Snoop Dogg under his wing and showed him a better way to live. Master P could have had a piece of Snoop Dogg for the rest of his life, but when Snoop Dogg was ready, he let him go. He let yeah, him out of yeah, his Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. That's where I, I see when you say that those those lyrics and things are art and expression. Well, they are. technically they may be that, but there comes a point when you go, okay, this isn't working. Okay, but okay, if, if murder by the police and death and prosperity has ch hasn't changed over 20 years, why should rap music change over 20 years? The message still hasn't been reached. The point has not been crossed. 
the same tragic things are happening. The only thing that is happening now is we got cameras everywhere, so they're being recorded. What about 20 years ago when there was no cameras everywhere? Think about, have oh, you ever yeah, thought about yeah. that? Only, we're only catching a few things now because there's cameras everywhere. So no, yes. I, don't, I, don't believe, I don't believe it should change until this world changes, and this world's not going to change until we start talking to each other, until we start having dialogue, until we start having a good conversation. Because you know what? I'm, I, I've had one second chances, third chances, ten chances. Shout out to Yo Gotti. My stuff is public <laughs> record. You know, I, what I'm talking about, I actually done. My stuff is public record. You can look up my name. It's public record. You know, and, and, and like I said, it hasn't changed significantly. It's changed, but not significantly enough where, you know, that we, we still don't have to have dialogue. Like, Grant is the perfect example. He got canceled for being a good person. Right. Yes, I did. He hey, got by the way, by, he got. Yep. I'll tell you the truth. My take on it. He got set up by Demarcus Cousins because Demarcus Cousins knew that he could. He threw out some bait, and and, and, and unfortunately, Grant, you bit. Yep. Demarcus Cousins sets you up, and then all his former teammates, you know, chimed in. You know, closet. Nick, racist. what do you no, think? You're not yeah. a closet racist. Hey, uh, thank you very much, Ulysses. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Nick, you want to join in on the conversation? Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, Graham. First, thanks for having me. Um, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Yes. Okay. Um, I th- I think Lucius brings up a good point. Um, one thing I did want to say to Forrest. Um, I think one thing to keep in mind is artists aren't responsible for how people take their music or their work. Um, but with that said, I don't agree with Snoop's lyrics. I do think it is very bad. Um, but also keep in mind that he's coming from he's speaking on his experience, and I think that has to be respected. I think that has to be accounted for, but I do also wish he didn't have to rap those lyrics, you know? I mean, I guess a perfect world can you imagine where he didn't have to say that, you know, because that wasn't his. Nick, Nick, he's coming from experience from his his childhood and his past. He's not coming – he's not updating his music to what he's doing today, and you say that you don't don't condone those. You do know know that song was written over 20 years ago. No, no, I, I don't condone those, but I do respect it because I do know, you know, you know, like Grant said, you know, he never had the conversation about how to react to the police. We were told we can't say the N-word. You know, my mom and dad said, absolutely, no, you can't say that. That word is, it, it was born in hate. It was used to oppress us. Uh, people called us that while our our ancestors' bodies were hanging from a tree. We were not allowed to use that word um, until we were adults, you know. But I've, I've heard the counter arguments of people say, you know, we've reclaimed it. You know, it means something different. But I also say to myself, why would anyone want to use that word? There's so much hate in that word. But also, as a black man, I do understand when another black man calls me that. I don't think he's calling me that out of hate. I think he's calling me that because he understands that we both understand the same oppression that we go through on the same day. You know, we both experience a different America. But I don't think we're saying it as in a hateful way because that word is born in so much hate. So at the end of the day, I don't think anyone should want to use that word. Exactly. I, I agree taking totally. Something, taking something so painful and, and that's what that's what hip hop is. Hip hop is taking something so painful, putting their spin on it and, 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 and getting something out of nothing, you know, because uh, as a black man, we don't say it the way it, it, it was saying back then. N-I-G-G-E-R. We don't say it like that. We never have, never will. You know, it's because, you know, I don't I don't I don't use that word no more. I used it when I was when I was in my 20s my 30s but i hardly ever use it because i don't think it's appropriate i I don't i don't but see 
it took me re-educating my mind and, 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 and doing something different. See, the one thing about life, people are, are change is weird. Change is different. And people are afraid <laughs> to change. Because change not, is not normal. You know? Change I tell you, is not normal. Guys, this has been a phenomenal conversation. Uh, very enlightening. I think it's great that we get several of you up on stage. Nick, you want to say anything else uh, in closing? Yeah. Hey, I do. I do want to say something. Um, I'm in the military. I'm in the Navy, and uh, last year we had to, we had to do extremism training. Uh, we had to, everything had to stop. We had to do all hands, and we did extremism training. And um, I gave it to my unit. It was really difficult for me because um, I have a mixed unit. I have a Spanish. Nick, you're breaking up on us in a little And after the training, three of my sailors came up to me and they said, Chief, yeah, I Yeah, we can it. hear you now. First of all, for those oh, of us that me? don't – yeah, yeah, I, I can hear you. First of all, let me, let me stop you. For those of us okay. that don't know what that training entails, give us a quick synopsis of what that training entails. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. My apologies. So uh, when the attacks or however people want to view what happened on January 6th last year and uh, a lot of military members were, were caught at that, uh, the riots at the Capitol. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in the military, we're a representation of our society. Mm -hmm. uh, we protect our society. So we lost trust from the public because they're like, wow, the military's out here <laughs> trying to overtake the Capitol. Mm -hmm. You know, so the higher ups say, well, we need to stop. We need to find out who they are. And we need to say, thank you for your service, but this isn't the, this isn't the program for you. We mm -hmm. kicked them out. And then we had to make sure everybody knew that's not what we stand for. We're here to protect mm -hmm. the nation. And trust for doing stuff like that so we ha we have that training um but it, it it brought so much conversation to the table mm -hmm. and i remember after that training three of my sailors came up and they said chief i hated that training that was the worst training we ever did and i said what i thought it was great we had great conversation mm -hmm. and they were caucasian and they said chief because i felt left out i felt like i was being targeted and i felt like i was labeled a racist the whole entire conversation and it blew my mind and it, it made me think, and we went back, I went back to my division, and I really wanted to know opinions matter, everyone's feelings matter. So it's important for them to listen to us, and we also had to listen to them and hear how they feel and what they're experiencing as well. Right. So I just wanted to end it on right. that, Grant. Hey, thanks, Nick. I really appreciate you uh, calling in, man. That was really awesome. Uh, put him back in the audience. Ulysses Forrest, you want to say anything else in conclusion here? No, no, Grant. Like I said, I, I, like I said, I, I, I've been listening to you for over 20 years, you know, and uh, and like I said, I, 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 I think it's appalling what happened to you, you know. I, Thank I, you. I believe that you should at least had a, a, a chance to express how you felt after that tweet and what you meant by that, and they didn't give you that chance. And I do hope you win your lawsuit because, like I said, Thank you. Uh, you were a staple in my life for over 20 years on the local radio out here. So, well, I really appreciate you know it. Uh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. You have a great rest of the day. That's awesome. Forrest, uh, I'm really happy that you chimed in, too. It's great to have dialogue like that. And so I want to thank you, Forrest, for uh, calling in today as well. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Thanks, Boris. All right. That's that's phenomenal, man. That's what I really want to try to get more of here on this app. That's great conversation. That's great conversation. And that just is phenomenal. And I, I cannot thank Ulysses enough for calling up and giving us perspective based on a podcast that I did reading Phil Mushnick's story on hip hop and Snoop Dogg and everything else. And then think about the conversation that ensued because Ulysses called up and brought it to our attention. Then we had Forrest, then we had Nick. That's great, great stuff. This is my favorite show so far that I've done on Listen Up. That's what I love about Listen Up. Something else I wanna tell everybody, okay? I had somebody reach out to me on social media yesterday with a direct message. And he said, hey, can I ask you something? I said, yes, sure. He said, how come you don't go longer? How come your Listen App shows aren't longer? And I said, I will go as long as my audience is engaged, meaning that if you call, I will stay on for as long as you want. But I am not going to talk and talk and talk to hear myself. I do not get paid. I don't make a dime for coming on every day and doing this, okay? I'm doing it for free. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I am hoping to monetize this at some point. But what I have been trying to do is build up an audience to get some consistency and then down the road figure out a way how I may be able to monetize this. But for right now, I'm not getting paid anything for doing this show every day. I'm doing it for free. I'm doing it because of a couple of reasons. Number one, I really enjoy it. That's first and foremost. Number two, I've really missed talking to a lot of you, okay? And third, I'm trying to build up a audience again and kind of be like it was when I was in Sacramento. So if you, as a listener, engages with me, I will be happy to go on and do this for one hour, two hours, three hours. I'm not going to lie to you. I probably won't. I probably won't do more than three hours. Um, but if you call and you stimulate conversation like Ulysses did, which was phenomenal, and then we get Forrest and then we get Nick and others, then I'll, I'll do this show for as long as you want. Okay? So it's up to you. You want me to go longer? Then you need to call up and you need to stimulate conversation or you need to ask me questions or we can get into sports issues or we can get into real life issues like we have de dealt with today. I'm all in, okay? I'm like all in. Whatever you want, I'm good. I will work my schedule around you, all right? That's what I will do. And what I would like from you is for you to pass the word along to other people that are in your network of friends and let them know, hey, Grant is back on every day. It's fun. You can call up and ask him questions. And he's on every day at 3 o'clock. And tell him about Listen App. That's what you can do for me. I don't ask for a lot of favors, but that's what I'm asking, okay? Because once I get enough people listening on a daily basis and we get more interaction, 
I'll do a multi-hour show. Like already today, we've been on for an hour. All right? We've been on for one hour so far. And it's been great. It's been my favorite show that I've done so far here on this app. And I'm going to post it as soon as I'm done on a, on my podcast platform. So those that are at work or are at school or can't listen to it live, they can go back and listen to it on my podcast platform. All right? So I hope that answers the question. You want me to stay on longer? You need to call up and ask me questions. It's really that simple. And just like Ulysses, you, you know, listen, you, you know, you don't have to be afraid to call me. I'm not going to bite your head off. And I'm not going to, you know, we're going to have discussion and we're going to educate one another. And there were certain things that Ulysses said that resonated with me that I agree 100%. Absolutely 100%. The issue with the lyrics about the police, I'm sorry, that does not sit well with me. And I think that should be eradicated from music. All right. I think that should be eradicated from music the same way. You know, that we now have the Washington Commanders instead of the Washington Redskins. Why? Why did we change the name? Why was that such an outcry? Why is it that the Cleveland Indians are no more? Again, you may not agree with that, but we need to listen to the people that were offended by that. I personally am very offended and bothered by the lyrics that I quoted in Phil Mushnick's story. I'm bothered by that. Now, I'm not judge and jury. That doesn't mean because Grant Napier is offended by the lyrics, they need to be eradicated from society. But what I am saying is, where are we going as a country? If we can't have the Washington Redskins and the Cleveland Indians, okay, and yet we can have lyrics like that in music and then have that individual perform at halftime of the biggest event annually in this country, are we not sending mixed messages are we that is the conversation that i was trying to stimulate and we have done that today are we not sending mixed messages if we have a sport where we have end racism on one end of the field it takes all of us and everything else on the field and on helmets are we not sending mixed messages I'm asking the question. I'm not stating that we are or we aren't. I'm asking the question. My opinion is that we are, but that doesn't mean that I'm right and you're wrong. I believe we are sending mixed messages. I mean, if we're really going to move forward, you know, the, here, here's the other aspect of what Ulysses said that we didn't even get into. Imagine being in law enforcement in this country. And I think even Ulysses would admit this. The vast majority, the vast, vast majority of our law enforcement are really good at what they do and are the majority. Uh, and when I mean the majority, the majority of good police. There, there are a lot of very, 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 very good police, very good law enforcement in the country. Yeah, we have some bad apples. There's no question about that. They've been very well documented. What do you think it's like to be in law enforcement and have a genre of music with lyrics, whether you want to call it art or what have you, directed at them having their lives taken? Think about that for a minute. Think about being 
in law enforcement and getting up in the morning or leaving the house at night and kissing your spouse goodbye and saying goodbye to your children, knowing that there are lyrics in a genre of music that are encouraging people to shoot you. Now, I'm not saying that people act on the lyrics of our hip-hop music, but young people are impressionable. That has been documented medically, okay? We get that. Brains are not fully developed until you're in your early 20s. Do we ever stop and think about what it's like to be in law enforcement in 2022 when the vast majority of the people that serve us are great, decent people who work hard and try to make our society better by being in law enforcement? Do we ever think about what it's like for them to have to listen to a genre of music and certain lyrics that call for them to be shot? I'm sorry, I don't agree with that. I think that's a real problem in our society. All right, let's move on to uh, Alfred. Hello, Al. How are you today? I'm good, Grant. Hey, I'm sorry I to steer away from the intensity of the social converse, you know, social conversation. But my question today is, when the NBA came out with a lot, of, I want to get up to the point of the uh, of the tanking uh, accusations. Yes. Uh, when the NBA started the lottery, was it because they were concerned about tanking? Yes, they- that's exactly right. 100%. Yes. Okay. You know, I never actually thought about it that way. I used to, because I think, the, if I recall, the Kings were the first, the worst team that year. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if they were. They probably were. But, yes, the NBA instituted the lottery system to try to prevent teams from tanking. Unfortunately, it did not work. And so they changed the system a few years ago where now if you have the worst record in the league, you only have a 25% chance. As a matter of fact, if you have one of the top – if you have either the first, second, third, or fourth worst record in the league, you I believe you still only have a 25% chance of getting the number one pick. However, if you have the worst record – in the league, you can't do any worse than fourth in the lottery. So if you end up with the worst record in the league, you are guaranteed to have no worse than the fourth overall pick. You know, I never, I not, as a Kings fan, I, I mean, not a diehard, you know, but I, I was, I thought I'll have to go back and look. And I was like, you know, I, I just had, had a, always had a feeling yeah. that New York's, you know, Ewing was the number one guy. And I always had the feeling that, there's no way the Nick the Knicks logo was in was in that that final envelope, and I think the Kings were the first envelope, number seven. I'm going off memory, I should look this right. up. Right. Well, but but, but the, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. You finish. Do you think the NFL? You know, first because of that, I used to hate the lottery. You know, I was kind of bitter about it because I would love to see Patrick Ewing in Sacramento, but the league sure didn't want to see that. The league wanted to have Patrick Ewing in, in the Big Apple. But well, listen, question- if I, I don't believe that that lottery was fixed, but I would say this. If the NFL wants to prevent the allegations that have yet to be proven by right. both Brian Flores and Hugh Jackson, again, let's point out they have yet to be proven. If they are, in fact, proven to be true, then the NFL probably should institute a lottery system because that would prevent that from happening. 
And you know that, and I would be afraid. And I never realized that. And I'm thank you for clarifying that for me because all these years I used to. Yeah. I'm sorry about my conspiracy theory. I usually don't go there. You know, I'm kind of like I usually hate conspiracy theories, but boy, I just think, oh my God, I'd have to go back and look at it. But uh, you know, in that case, I would be supportive of a lottery. And there have been teams though in in recent years in all the leagues that have been uh, accused of of tanking, like the yes. Houston Astros. Yes, the Houston Astros, I believe, and the uh, Atlanta. It was the Atlanta Braves too. Yeah, and I think didn't uh, the Miami, didn't uh, Florida Marlins, or yes, maybe there were the Marlins Miami too. Marlins yep, at that time, very true. I mean, wasn't wasn't Jeter the GM at that time? I believe he had just started. That is correct. Yep, and they and got Jeter. rid of all their they got rid of all of their top players and everything else. Yes, absolutely. Let me ask you, as as I love your opinion, you know, I love you as a as a your knowledge and your, and we're about the same age. You're my younger brother. What don't you think that in a way, yeah, you can tank, but don't you still have to parlay the high pick into a, in a, into talent? Yeah, of course you do. But but yeah, but 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 of course you do. But in the NFL, you know, if you can get the number one pick and you know you have a Peyton Manning on the board or what have you, you know, it's a, it's a franchise changing, you know, selection. Now there are a lot of number one picks by the way, that have not materialized that have not panned out. I mean, that much we do know, uh, but Absolutely. yes, you make a good point. Absolutely. I got to tell you as a Rams fan, I've seen, they've had, they used to own the overall number two pick. And let me tell you, Greg Robinson, offensive ta tackle, left tackle, uh, Jason Smith, Overall, two bust at yep. overall number two. Lawrence Phillips, I think yep. they picked him overall yep. number one. Well, so, it's still got to. I'm with you. Together, you still got to take. Man. Hey, Alfred, thanks for calling, Al. You have a great oh, rest I'm of the sorry day. You, man. You're not I'm interrupting just... me. You're not. Hey, listen, it's an open forum Wednesday. You can call up and talk about anything. Yeah, I just was the tanking thing. I just think maybe they just maybe rethink it. Thanks for clarifying the yep. lottery was brought in because of the tanking and yep. I just think the tanking is, is teams are doing it. They'll probably keep trying to do it, but have a good night, buddy. Love hey, you have a good night too. Really good stuff there. Really phenomenal show today. I'm really, uh, I love shows like this. It's been fabulous. So, uh, tomorrow we're going to come at you again at uh, three o'clock Pass the word along. Okay. And again, I'll stay on as long as people are interested in listening to the show and your interest is determined by how many phone calls I get. So, you know, if you get on stage with me and you want to talk, I'll go on and on and on. Now there are a few instances where I have to have a short show because of maybe a travel, you know, I've, there were a couple of times I've been at the airport and Monday I had to cancel my show because I had a flight that was canceled and I was actually, instead of flying out, you know, in the evening, they had this. I had to run to the airport and try to get on an afternoon flight, and so there there are circumstances sometimes when I have to change the show. But for the most part, it seems to me that a lot of you enjoy this time of six Eastern and three o'clock Pacific. So if you like that, I'll continue to do it. I like consistency, but again, I'll I'll do a show for two hours if you want every day. You know, I'm fine. But it's got to be, it's it's dependent on you. It's not dependent on me, okay? You may think it's easy to just come on and talk for two hours with no commercials and no phone calls. No, no, no. It's not easy. <laughs>
It's not easy at all. It's very, very difficult. Even though I talk for a living and people say, well, you've got the gift of gab. And, you know, people always used to be amazed when I said I never wrote anything down, including my commercials and, you know, all of my stuff that I did with the Kings, you know, I would show up and I wouldn't, you know, everything was in my head. And that's just the way I've always done things. I, I when I tell stories, I just make it up as I go along. I make it up based on facts and truth, but I don't have anything written down in front of me. That's how I prefer to work. So I can't come on and just talk for two hours straight without your interaction. But I will say this. All right. We are going to build this up and I will do multi-hour shows, especially on days like this. So thank you. It's been a great show today. I really appreciate all of you that have listened today. I appreciate Ulysses with your phenomenal, phenomenal phone call followed up by Forrest and then Nick, who I met with his dad uh, on the concourse at the Golden One Center one night. We took a picture and he called me last week and I realized it was him because on his avatar, it's the picture of me and him and his dad. So I was like, oh, wow. Okay. I remember Nick, you know, being down in the Navy in San Diego. So it's great to hear from him uh, as well. All right. Make it a fabulous evening. Stay safe. And I'll be back tomorrow at three o'clock Pacific right here on Listen App. So long, everybody. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.